Okay, welcome everyone to the first edition of the Brisbane Football Review MPL Sunday Night Recap Show. It's Scott and Adam with you tonight. We recap the weekend in the MPL, MPLW, FQPL. Along with the matter of the A-League Grand Final, we'll get to that later on. Plus some breaking news. Adam, how are you? I'm good, Scott. A crazy weekend, but uh, but yeah, looking forward to it. Well, crazy crazy just sums it up nicely, because we'll start with the breaking news that popped up midway through tonight's A-League Grand Final from the Gold Coast Knights defending MPL Queensland Grand Final winners. A very short statement popped up on their social media platforms tonight, which reads as follows. Effective immediately, the club have relieved Gray Piddick of his first team duties. An official statement will be following tomorrow. Adam, your thoughts? Um, when I saw this and both in unofficial and official channels, I, I, I'm I'm still stunned. And then this this news dropped um, an hour ago. Um, I just, look, something, something has happened. Um, as, as you know, and we'll, and we'll talk about shortly, uh, Gold Coast Knights, who were top of table going into this weekend, um, they lost they lost 4-1 to Sunshine Coast Wanderers, who are bottom with a one win this season. But look, I unless something comes out in this statement tomorrow, and we, and we can't preempt what what Gold Coast Knights are going to say, but I'm I'm just stunned. I'm I'm stunned that if if what few people suggesting that oh this is performance based, um, Gold Coast Knights have not lost in 25 league matches. That's, that goes back to the, to the 22nd of May last year. Like their last loss, competitive loss, was you know, was on the 7th of June in the FA Cup qualifiers against the Strikers. 2019, by the way. 2019. Yeah, 2019. Yeah, you're right. So that's over a year. So to, to say, oh, that, they've, that they're sacking him on performance, unless, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just uh, stunned. Like, um, haven't probably had time, enough time to process it. I've, I've got to believe that something has escalated, something has happened that's just, you know, it brought to this point because you, go, you just don't go around sacking coaches who have lost one game in 16 months. No, it certainly seems like an odd one, doesn't it? Like you, I was shocked when I first saw this. I actually thought the person who sent it to me was playing a prank on me, thinking, oh, they've lost their first game for the season, lost their first game in a long time. The, the joke's starting. But no, it's legitimate. And I'm with you. It's a, it's a real shock. And actually, I put my Brisbane Raw hat on or oh, supporter had on Adam. And I think back to what 2014 it was when we were both at Goodwin Park covering a youth league game, and I looked at my phone and I saw that Mike Mulvey, the then raw coach, had been relieved of his duties, and I couldn't believe that either. To me, they're both very similar, aren't they? It's, it just seems really odd. There's, to your point, it seems like it could be a bit too this, but we don't know at the moment. That's the thing. But um, it's funny you mentioned that again. Goodwin Park. We weren't there tonight, but uh, it seems like it's a game playing at Goodwin Park, a high-profile game, and mm. someone gets sacked. So um, yeah, look, I'm I'm sh- I'm I'm shocked by it. like a I um, look. Obviously, got to thank Gray Pittick, you know, for his time that he's given us over the last you know two seasons. You know, it's been nothing but you know good good to us and you know interviews he's given us. So um, like I said. I'm not going to take sides or try and figure out until the, until Gold Coast Knights come out with a statement tomorrow. I, I'm not sure if something's happened with um, with Adam Porridge, the CEO, or something. Something's happened here, um, which is just is not your run the mill. Oh, let's just sack a coach because the team is struggling. There, there has got to be more to this. But uh, look, I wish him well in his future endeavours, and we'll see where this lands. I think you're right. We'll find out tomorrow what Gold Coast Knights say in the statement they release tomorrow if they do. We'll be telling, and I'm with you. Gray Piddick's been absolutely fantastic to us. We had him on our MPL season preview back in January. We spoke to him countless times after games. He's always been good to us, so we wish him all the best in his future endeavours, to your point. Now, we will talk about the game his now former side played this afternoon up in Budrum. 
Sunshine Coast Wanderers 4-1 winners over the Gold Coast Titans. And you have to say, we'll get to the Gold Coast part of it in a minute. But from Sunshine Coast perspective, this was a terrific performance for them, wasn't it? With a couple of their relatively new signings and Mitch Cooper and Tyson Holmes at the fore of it, forefront of it. Sorry. Yeah, look, um, Sunshine Coast, they've been, th- other than a couple of sort of wobbly performances, they've been threatening to do something like this for a while. And the addition of Mitch Cooper and Tyson Holmes are two very, very good players. Um, they, they seem they seem to have um, sort of they've turned a corner a bit. I think this is a a uh, landmark moment. I think it goes it goes back to the point that in this league, even even the bottom side who are Sunshine Coast Wanderers, if you do not show up um, and, or you get complacent about your opponent, you're going to come out you're going to come out with a hiding, and that's and that's what's happened. Say, look, granted that the game changed on Josh Langdon being sent off in uh, in about in the 59th minute. Um, the game did change on that, but. You know, then again, you know, like I said, even even when the score when they hit the lead um, late in the first half, like you knew Sunshine Coast, they were they were the better side. They were already no, on they, top, weren't they? Even before the yeah, red card. Yeah, no, you can't you can't. Those who watch it can't say that oh that you know the red card did completely change the game. Um, yeah, look, it may it may have you know worsened the result. Um, and I'm flattering, but um, but yeah, I think yeah, Sunshine Coast was the better side, and they just totally three points and Jeremy Stewart's goal um that was a that was a beauty make a 4-1 yeah that was a great goal from the sideline wasn't it but to your point I really I think Sunshine Coast have it's taken them a while to get going in the NPL since their promotion obviously runaway league winners last year it's taken them a while but since the lockdown most of their games since they've been really really competitive and they've now got that touch of quality with Mitch Cooper and Tyson Holmes coming in and I think they're going to go really well and the thing is it's good really good for the league Adam that they are moving up in terms of their points today, because now the points gap from top to bottom, it's shrinking every week because the teams at the top continue to drop points and then teams at the bottom are gaining points. I think it's it's going really well. But from Gold Coast perspective, they didn't they didn't see themselves today, did they? They just seemed like something was off. No, that's probably know why. Yeah, look, if, if that's part of it. Um, yeah, but then again, look, when you go that long in a sort of an unbeaten streak, uh, all that, that you're eventually going to have a game where you know unfamiliar territory, you know not the right conditions, you know, and you're gonna you're gonna have an off day. Like no no club and no team can just continually churn out result after result. And look, you can go go away games and say, oh, you know what, you played at 50 or 60 percent, and you, you still you got away with a draw or that. But eventually, it's going to catch up with you. I just thought this was one of these games where you know I don't I certainly don't think that Gold Coast Knights um chances of you know of going to the grand final or even win the premiership have been severely dented by this perhaps the news following that may change that a little but you know at full time i thought okay it's off day you know they go again next week and um and yeah but to look i, I give more credit to sunshine coast they came out with a purpose you know mitch cooper actually believe it or not he actually came on um as he was he was on the substitute bench he came on um for injury, uh, replacing Oliver Duncan, who was injured, and uh, about said, thirty minutes. Yeah, thirty minutes. And then he, he was on the score sheet about six minutes later. So um, it was just unbelievable sort of luck, and you know the ways of the game turned. But look, Mitch Cooper was good. Um, yeah, Tyson Holmes was great, and they probably the, the, at the forefront of that of that win. Yeah, and the Wanderers are really good as well. So we'll move on to some of the other games now, Adam. We'll continue on actually with teams from the Gold Coast. That's another thing we focused on last night. Now. In our coverage on our social media platforms, Gold Coast not Gold Coast United big pardon three, Brisbane Strikers two. This was another really great game, wasn't it? I mean, it was confusing as to who was officially the home team and all the rest of it, but on the field it was a really good game, wasn't it? 
I'm still trying to work out how or why um, Brisbane Strikers were the home team at Coplex. Uh, uh, that might be that might be a call to our friends at Football Queensland uh, to get that rectified. But look, none, nonetheless, another very very entertaining game. And uh, look, Sam Smith, you know, he's he's been, he's been sort of you know quiet and sort of under the radar since his move uh, from. Gold Coast Knights, Gold Coast United, but last night he really sort of stepped up and scored the winning goal um, right on 90 minutes. But look, uh, Brisbane Strikers definitely um, they play they play very well. Um, they probably they probably you know may feel be a little dudded going away with nothing from Coplex because they certainly were up for a point. But uh, yeah, and uh, Shane Smeltz as well got on the score sheet again. So yeah, look, Gold Coast United they've had a few uh, worrying results. Uh, so they they dropped points to. They dropped points to both Brisbane Royal Youth and Redlands in the past sort of week. So it was a vital three points to, to beat Brisbane Strikers. That at least you know gets them back up into sort of you know striking distance of the finals. It did, and Aiden Mumford made a great save from a penalty mm. midway through the second half, when I believe the get score score was two one or two all at that point. So the game was in a balance then. But I really like this Gold Coast United side, Adam. I think there's a really good mix of experience and youth in there. And you mentioned a couple of the experienced guys with such as Shane Smeltz and Sam Smith, but at the other end of the age experience mm-hmm. spectrum, you've got young Zahi Addis at the back, Aiden Mumford in goal as well. Those two I thought were really, really impressive, but particularly young Zahi Addis. I really got a bit of a tip-off from someone who got, covers Gold Coast United pretty closely at a game earlier in this season to keep an eye on him. And He's been really good, hasn't he? Particularly defensively as a fullback, you can see the positioning of him. I think he's got. I think he's going really well at the moment. Yeah, look, he uh, Zay Addis is a uh, fantastic prospect. I think going forward, look, and it's a side full of fantastic products. You know, Sian Cube is another one. You know, and, and even um, Aiden Mumford last night. I was so impressed with the way you know he played. You know, like so the two maybe he shipped uh, two goals, but you know what? Nothing that he could do. He had, but he had a great game. So. Look, uh, you're right. I think Gold Coast, it, there is a fine balance between experience and youth. And I think that they're on the money at the moment. It's just I think they just need to put those performances together and actually, you know, pick up a, four, a few more wins. And I think they'll be right in it. And I still think they are. So, but yeah, they, um, yeah, like I said, a bit, bit inconsistent, but they, they are certainly a team to watch, you know, especially in the back end of the season. Yeah, I think there's a few teams at the moment who are struggling with that consistency issue. One team who aren't struggling for consistency is the Brisbane Raw Academy. They've had a really good run of form since the restart. They've only dropped the first game to Peninsula Power. But apart from that, they've been on a great run of form, haven't they? And a good win at home today against Redlands United, a game where they had to come back from a goal behind once again. Yeah, look, uh, it's another. So I lost side. two games, but I also lost Gold Coast Knights. Sorry. Yeah, but even that was a that was a um, I guess a I'll say a moral victory almost because they they hadn't gotten close to Gold Coast Knights in previous attempts. But yeah, look, um, the one thing that uh, I take away from this uh, Brisbane Raw Academy side at the moment is that. They look like a side that's in for the fight the whole way. That in the past, you know, because you say, and we, we view the tagline, oh, it's more about the performance rather than the result. But I, I think that since Chris Grossman has taken control of the side, and we did see it last year, the back end with Jake Goodchip as well. This is a side that actually, you know, believes that it's more than just performance. They want to be competitive and they, they want to win. This is a very, very settled side. And look, uh, Keegan Yelchich, yeah, he he scored the winning goal this afternoon. He's he's you know, obviously we know he's a fantastic prospect as well. You know, a you know New Zealand you know underage international. And look, this this side's humming along really well. I question whether you know physically they can 
still match, you know, the, the real top-class sides. But, look, I think they're, they're deserving that in fifth place, and they're right on the doorstep of the top four at the moment. And if one of the, the big four um, seem to fail, look, they're going to be right there. Well, to your point, on the winning versus performance, I think winning becomes a habit. And if these players are going to go on and become full-time professionals for Brisbane Raw or anyone else for that matter, you want that winning mentality. And I think it's very important to instill that. Yes, development and technique is important to continue to develop and refine that, but that should be happening at a younger age group. When you get to what is an under-20 side, basically, winning has to be a big part of the mentality. And I do think they've got, they potentially, we don't know yet, they could have some players coming back in the next couple of weeks. We know the Raw are obviously still in, in quarantine. They're there for another eight days. But there's some players that were down in Sydney in the hub who may or may not potentially return to this, this side in a week or so's time, which could really strengthen it. I think they're well and truly in the hunt for the top four. Yeah, look, actually, I actually think I actually caution against, you know, bringing back those those types of players. This side is playing well as a unit at the moment. Um, look, uh, and that's just the one thing. Again, the other mistake that the Raw Academy, you know, you know they, they, I guess what, the, the under-20s, the, the, um, trust that the NPL sides of the past is that they get they get preoccupied and say, oh, there's a couple of young, you know, they're, they're A-League sort of, you know, youth league contracted players coming back inside and disrupts the, um, it disrupts the sort of the, the flow of the side at the moment. I think this side as a unit, like the the uh, 17 players, 18 players that have got playing at the moment, I think as a squad are really performing well at the moment. They made a couple of changes today because rotation being you know, a third, third game in a week. But, um, yeah, but that, that squad at the moment is performing well. And I just caution, you know, for, say, for example, you know, her in the conference, say, Nathan Foster, you know, bringing in for Macklin Freak, who, look, we know Macklin Freak is a very, very good keeper. He's, he's, a, he's a prospect, he's a future Brisbane Raw goalkeeper, potentially. But, yeah, you don't, you don't want to, you know, also dampen the um, enthusiasm of the players that have done the job in the last, sort of, you know, three or four weeks because they, they've, been, they've been very, very good. There's some interesting decisions perhaps coming up for... Chris Crossman and the Brisbane Royal Academy. So we'll move on to the final game we covered in the NPL this weekend. And it was the blockbuster game that I think a lot of people were looking forward to, typically between two of the top sides, always a fiery clash. And this one didn't disappoint either, Adam. Olympic won, Lions nil, and Olympic rose to the occasion tonight, didn't they? They did. Um, it, uh, Daniel Leck, three goals in two games. He, he, it was one of these games, again, you know, these, these blockbuster games, it all comes down to taking your chances. And... Uh, Daniel Leck, you know, from a, a beautiful, you know, a long ball from Kazito. I think uh, since since lockdown has come back, he looks he looks like almost like a new player. He's back and playing right back, and he he has been excellent the last couple of games. And he really got rewarded and found Daniel Leck, who was able to score, and that was the only score of the game. So so yeah, look. Um, but Olympic, I think overall, I think they're a lot better. Today, I think they. You, I think you're right. Yeah. They they rose the occasion and um, they come up with three points. And again, they all of a sudden you know make this top four race very very interesting. They do. I think two things for Olympic came into play. They went back to what's called have worked in the past, moving you mentioned Xia Ito back from where the left hand side had been playing for this season back to the right hand side. And the other thing is that some of the players they've brought in have taken maybe taken a little while to gel with the side. They brought a couple of players in since lockdown and. It's taken them a while, but you start to see them really doing well tonight. But, but as for Lions, I mean, you know, they've also brought in a bunch of players since lockdown, and it just doesn't quite seem to be gelling at the moment at Richlands, does it? There's not a lot wrong with no, not quite it's, gelling, is it? 
Look, and then, exactly, it's, it's fine margins. Again, like I said, I reckon the way Lions played tonight, they probably would have beaten most sides, but they were up against a very, very game Olympic side at home. And uh, at the end of the day, again, it came down to one opportunity very early in the game, and they just couldn't find a way through. Um, I thought Ajahn Fedahacic for... Um, for Olympic, he's an absolute monster, that that, that young guy. He's, uh, um, and I don't know what Jordan Farina was thinking, you know, sort of, you know, getting in his grill uh, in the second half. But, uh, but yeah, look, he's he's been good. Um, yeah, look, they've, they've, and like I said, even uh, Tatsuki uh, Saki up front, while he didn't get on the score sheet, he was very, very influential. I think they've, they've signed well coming back, and even Corey Sewell, who's playing on the, in the left-back role. Those three players have signed since the lockdown. Um, they, I think it's almost like Ben Khan sort of you know, fitting the missing pieces, and they've got a very, very competitive side at the moment. The results haven't been there overall since lockdown, but look, with half the season to go, very, very easily you can see them rattling off you know, 9, 10 of the next uh, 12 games. We'll sit down and do it before, haven't we? And I, I mentioned earlier, this it was a fiery game once again, and there were three players sent off, two from Lions, one from Olympic. Adam, I'm going to launch a petition. The next game between these two sides should be played in an octagon, I reckon. <laughs> yes, it's a, it was a fiery game. Mind you, like I said, all uh, three red cards were for second yellows. Um, but that, that has a huge impact um, for Lions going to next week because they'll be missing, missing Nathan Reed and, and Jordan Farina, and now, especially defensively. They are very short-handers. Is, so unless, um, unless they've got players coming back, and that's no disrespect to some of the younger players like a Fletcher McDonald or something like that, but um, against a side power who, you know, yeah, attacking-wise, are very, very strong. Um, losing a player of Nathan uh, Reardon's experience is um, going to—it's going to sort of hurt him. And also, as well, uh, losing Jordan Farina as well for that match, um, you know, might also sort of hurt. So, um, like I said, 13 yellow cards in all between between two sides. Eight for Lions, five for Olympic, and it was a very, very niggly sort of fire game. And even 10 minutes of stoppage time uh, in the second half pretty much summed it up. It's always the case with new sides, isn't it? Now, you mentioned Peninsula Power. They did have a 2-0 win over Kapalaba yesterday. Morton Bay in the other game, 2-1 winners away to Brisbane City. But look at the table now. Peninsula Power, they are sitting at the top of the table on 24 points. Lions are seeing Gold Coast Knights are still tied for second. Olympic round out the top four with Brisbane Raw Youth chasing them down quickly. Then you've got Gold Coast United, Brisbane City, Brisbane Strikers, Morton Bay, Kapalaba, Redlands, East and Sunshine Coast. But the one thing I do like, Adam, is that table now is becoming really condensed, isn't it? If you look at it, from, what, 6th down to ninth, there's only five points in it. And then Sunshine Coast aren't too far behind that either. Well, with games in hand as well, yeah. Brisbane City down in 7th place. Um, theoretically, they're in the finals hunt. They're only one point behind if they win all their games. I know, if, I'm not sure who Gold Coast uh, United have in their two games to make up. but I'll tell you, um, one I of know, them is the derby with the Knights. I'm not sure about the other one. Uh, it is, yep. And um, I know Brisbane City have got potential power to play at some point. So maybe that's not, even though they're, they're two wins behind, um, they're going to have to go against the flow to perhaps against the form to, you know, get back into that race. But uh, even there, but, but I think also as well, on the other side of the coin, um, Sunshine Coast Wanderers all of a sudden have snuck up on, you know, to, uh, to those who are in, in, you know, sort of in that relegation danger. So the likes of Morton Bay, Kapalabar, you know, Redlands and East, they've, they've got to be even careful strikers. because um, yeah, even, yeah, even strikers beyond that, uh, they, like I said, the bottom half of the table, there's a lot to play for. Only only one spot for relegation this year. Um, but yeah, look, um, they should all be looking over their shoulders. Absolutely. It's tightening up down the bottom. At, at the top, it's a great weekend for Peninsula Power. Three points at home 
and then all the teams around them, well, two teams directly below them dropping points. So it was a great weekend for them. Adam, we'll move on now to the MPLW, where it was a great weekend for Capalabar. Two wins in three days, basically, against the top couple of sides, or two of the top three sides. Firstly, Lions on Thursday, but then they backed it up on Sunday, Saturday down at Cornubia Park against Logan, and a really good performance from them, particularly given the fact they've yeah. played two games in three days. That's uh, Sky Hannafin would be absolutely thrilled with uh, the performance of his of his girls in that um, in that 48 hour period. That is a tough ass and to knock over two of the legitimate uh, premiership uh, chances. Uh, that's that's really put them on because we sort of they had a, had a bit of a shock loss um, a few weeks ago and start starting to question oh, you know where they're at as well. But for them to come out and knock over two of the the uh, big contenders in the space of 48 hours that that's a big statement um look they played well um logan logan i thought were unlucky it just didn't seem to be their night um last night but uh yeah look i think this, this the top the race of the finals in the uh, mplw isn't go right down the wire and it's going to be results that are going to you know are going to matter not only against you know the the, rel- the relative sort of you know contenders for finals but also no, they need to they need to not slip points against you know, the, the teams that are weaker in the competition. So you mentioned picking up points against the top teams. Well, the ultimate we've done that is Gold Coast. You know they beat Lions at home a week ago today, and they backed it up on Saturday with a 4-2 win away to the Gap. That was a massive result for them. They look like they now are the team to team to beat for me now, Adam. If they weren't already before. Yeah, look, I said I said to I think it was uh, either last weekend. Or before that, I said that I'd wait, and I think it was on our on our regular show that I said that you know that I would need to be convinced about what Gold Coast United did against Lions um, to to prove their favouritism. Then they've come out and knocked off uh, the gap at Walton Bridge, which is a very very tough thing to do. Um, yeah, for mine they're the clear favourites. I think um, the rest are going to be chasing unless there's a uh, different form from Gold Coast United. Look, I think they're I think they're the premiers almost. I think they're they're going that well at the moment. Um, they're un they're unbeaten. They've got some very very good players who are standing up and performing at the moment, and they're going to be very very tough to beat, assuming that they everything goes well from here on in. Well, we've got a three-point lead at the top, but we'll get to that in a minute. First, we'll run through the results of the weekend. Mitchell on Friday night with a 7-0 win away to Morton Bay United, which was post, which was um, abandoned after 75 minutes after an injury on the field to Morton Bay defender Sarah Evans. We wish her all the best in her recovery from that. Eastern Suburbs 3-1 winners over Football Queens and QAS. And in a game played down on the Gold Coast this afternoon due to, I think, COVID bubble-related issues on the Gold Coast, South United 5, South of Queensland Thunder nil. So that's a good win there for South's. At the top of the table, I mentioned Gold Coast. Now they are three points clear, Adam, behind. I had a goal, I had a Lions, Logan in third, Capalabar fourth, the Gap in fifth, East Suburbs in sixth, and Souths in seventh. And then you've got a gap down to Mitchelton in eighth, Football Queensland, QAS in ninth, Thunder tenth, and Morton Bay eleventh. But I think we've talked about it in the past, and it seems like it's a race between five for those fourth final spots, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think I think so. It might be race five and three. I think Gold Coast United. I think we we assume that they're going to be there um, right at the end. But look, even East, uh, who are capable of a good result on their day, and it's going to be whoever's most consistent on the way through. Uh, now, I think is going to you know, be playing finals. I think, as we said last season, when they had a six-team final, they only seen that four teams were really a chance. Um, yeah, there's going to be some good. There's going to be some good teams missing out in the finals this year. They will, that's for sure. Now, we'll quickly run through the FQPL results of the weekend, Adam. Rochdale Rovers 2, South Snell, Mitchelton 4, Sunshine Coast 2, 
Western Pride one, Logan nil, Wynnum Wills seven, Holland Park nil, and this afternoon Southwest Queensland Thunder eight, South South Eagles one. I think there is a shock result for me, Adam. The headline of the weekend is Western Pride one, Logan nothing. Logan's first loss all season, and perhaps Western Pride that loss in the derby has jolted them a fair bit. Yeah, I was going to say that you know it looked like that you know that their sort of chances took a heavy dent. You know, after their loss in the derby to, to Ipswich Knights, but uh, they've come out and made a statement. And uh, look, one goal very, very late on. These are the sort of uh, moments that generally can spark a season. And uh, they're, they're still, they're still sort of, you know, as far as promotion goes, they're still well, relatively off the pace. You know, Thunder at the moment, they're they're flying at the moment. But um, yeah, look, as far as finals go for Western Pride, uh, they're they're right back in it because that that's a result that not many people saw coming. Absolutely. And you mentioned moments, Adam. Well, moments can also cost you promotion, and that's what's kind of happened to Logan Lightning in the last couple of years. They've been in positions where they look like they could get promoted to the MPL, and they've seen it slip away. They're now four points behind Thunder at the top of the table, and we know it's only one team that goes up this year. So Thunder, they're on 25 points. Logan are in second on 21. Then you've got Ipswich Knights, Mitchelton, Western Pride, challenging for those third and fourth spots for the finals, followed by Rochdale, Wynnum, Holland Park, Sunshine Coast, Southside Eagles, and South Shenard at the bottom of the table. So I think it's again it's probably a race between five and four for that as well. But at the top of the table, the ascendancy is well and truly with Thunder now, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, that's yeah. Like I said, they they've sort of um, they're just humming along very nicely at the top. Um, and and yeah, look, I, I think that uh, they looked perfectly primed. I think they they just need to beat you know Logan Lightning on the reverse fixture later in the year, and I think. Um, I think they might be headed back to MPL, but um, look, stranger things have happened, and especially with Thunder, whose uh, whose form, especially on the road, can be a little bit um, can be a little bit scratchy. But then again, they come out on the road and beat uh, Southside Eagles, who probably are not the strongest uh, team in the league. But to, to put eight on them, um, that may be a sign of intent, you know, that they are going to take these road trips seriously if they want to go you know, find their way back to the big dance next season. It is not. They've been really impressive, you haven't they? I mean. We shouldn't be too surprised given they were dropping down into the FQPL, but I don't think too many people thought they would be the team that would bounce straight back up. And James and I were commentating on their first game of the year, and there was a renewed effort defensively. I think that's what we're really starting to see this year is they're better defensively. We always knew they had goals in them, but now they're keeping them out at the other end, Adam. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that might be aware that sort of you know because that's what's let them down yep. last season in MPL. We always would back them for a couple of goals. They've got, got some really good attacking players um, up up there, but defensively they will they were woeful last season. They just uh, ship goals like you know like there's no tomorrow. And I think that's I think you're right. I think you know, especially against them maybe not as talented attackers in FQPL, um, but they they're sort of really. They're really sort of you know, making an effort, and I think now I, I think uh, they're, they're they're certainly in the box seat to um to go back to MPL next season. They most certainly are. Now Adam, we've stalled for long enough. We talked about everything in the MPL for the weekend, but now we have to talk about the one neutral A League game of the year, which we do provide some discussion on. Ugh, the A League grand final. I know. I know. We'll keep it very brief. So Sydney <laughs> FC one 0 over Melbourne City in extra time. It was a look. It was a pretty good game in the end, wasn't it? Ryan Grant with the goal. I think 10 minutes into extra time, but it was a really good game to watch actually as a neutral of the A-League grand final. Yeah, look, I might not complain, but look, to, if, if I'm being serious, uh, look, it was a very, very game, good game of football. Um, look, a couple of sort of, let's say controversial incidents with uh, VAR, uh, d- disallowing uh, Harrison Delbridge's um, 
Harrison Delbridge's goal early on the first half, you know, probably technically it was a correct decision, but, you know, you know, we all know it grabs out VAR. But, yeah, look, but the one takeaway I think that's going to be remembered for years, I think, will be the quote, Luke Bratton has found Ryan Grant's nipple. <laughs> I think, to <laughs> score. I think that Andy Harper... No, thank you very much. That was you probably, can find a quote, that's can't the, line, the line of the season. <laughs> yeah. But uh, look, uh, I hate saying something on a Brisbane sort of raw inspired podcast, but look, congratulations to Sydney FC. Back to back winners now. And like I said, five five uh, championships in the A League era. So, so, yeah, look, it's unfortunately you can't deny that you know, they're, you know, they're still standing low at the moment. No, that great Brisbane Raw side of 2011-12 now had some company in that back-to-back championship club. Mm. It's unfortunate it is what it is. There's a lot of problems with the A-League, and hopefully they'll be solved in the off-season, but it was a good showcase to end the season. Look, uh, to, to be honest, we said, you know, six months ago, you know, um, but less than that, that, you know, given that all's gone on with the pandemic, that to even get to this point where they completed the season, had a final series, you know, had a grand final, we can we can crown a champion legitimately, despite what you want to say about the hubs and all the other stuff. Um, yeah, look, I think that's actually an amazing effort by not only the FFA, but I think also the players, the support staff, the sacrifices they have made. Um, I know we've we've spoken about about you know the Raw's predicament at the moment, quarantine, and all that, but you shouldn't go without saying that without the players, you know. You know, in some cases, taking pay cuts and you're sacrificing, you know, missing their families to get this season done. I think that's going to be commended. That's that's the 11 clubs yeah. across the league, yeah. especially Wellington Phoenix as well. We probably sacrificed more than most. So I think it's a great result that we actually have. We can actually crown a winner. Um, now they need to go away and you know sort out a lot a lot of issues and make sure that you know the A League comes out of the COVID you know era you know better better than it was when it went in because there were a lot of problems. And I think now. It's a good time to take sort of a breath and then sort of try and reform for the future and make sure that you know the the league you know is successful for the next 15 years. Absolutely, the thing was about seven weeks in the hub for most teams. Then you got for most, not Wellington including that they were here even earlier. Then they're all doing two weeks basically, either in their homes or in a hotel. In the rules case, when they get back, so it's it is quite a commitment. And I think there is a lot of problems with the league. We've talked about those back in one of our shows in the in the pause before. We've talked about them plenty of times. As, since then as well. So we've talked about all that before, but hopefully those things get solved over the long A-League off-season. We don't know when the new season is going to begin, but we look forward to when it starts. But in the meantime, Adam, there's plenty of stuff we can talk about in the NPL, which continues on next weekend. Adam, thanks for talking to me. Yep, uh, thanks, Scott. Let's do it again next Sunday. Yep, we'll talk to you later.